subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Still the message all over the weekend has been, please do not panic. Please do not panic because we actually do not know a lot about this just yet. And there may not be any cause for panic. I'm joined by a very regular guest on the opinion line over the last uh, year and a half. And that is Professor Jack Lambert of the UCD School of Medicine. That calm approach, Jack, seems to be still the way to go. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, And I would agree it is the way to go, but everything I've seen so far has not been calm. It's been panic, you know, with, 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 you know, everybody once again, you know, kind of a media frenzy of fear. Uh, the vaccines don't work, banning international travel. So, so I think the response has been one of panic rather than one of calm. In terms of the international travel, a comment that I heard at the weekend was, well, if we had done this when we first heard about Delta, we wouldn't have had the ravages of Delta. So here's what we should have done back in the time of Delta. Would you agree? No, absolutely no way. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, COVID is very infectious. You know, we know this from before. Um, the very as soon as soon as you know, back in the first wave, as soon as the uh, first virus got out of China, it was in 15 different countries in the European Union. Just a couple of cases. The WHO said it wasn't a pandemic because there was no evidence it was going to spread. But then, and in a few weeks, it had spread all over Italy everywhere so you, once it's in a country you know you, what you have to do is accept the fact that that covid is going to spread and use all the covid mitigation strategies you have to minimize the spread um you know we're not going to change we had, we had the first wave then we had the uk you know b117 then we had the delta then the delta plus and now we've got omicron the viruses mutate they're going to continue to mutate we have to learn to deal with it calmly so what do you know about it, Professor, that you didn't know Friday? What have you managed to learn over the weekend? 
Well, it, it's, you know, the, the idea that we can close down the country to prevent it from coming is, is a joke because it's already been reported in, you know, Israel, uh, you know, uh, you know, and UK, uh, Belgium, uh, a number of different European countries. So, so closing down, closing down the country will not eliminate the virus from entering the countries it's already here um so that's number one and then number two uh you know we have learned that it probably has mutated more than other viruses so it's it's going to escape some some of the vaccine efficacy so like a, like i said they, they reported in the first wave that the vaccines were 95 percent efficacious and may drop the efficaciousness of these vaccines down to 70 percent and then finally, there's just reports from South Africa over the weekend that it appears that this strain may be uh, more, you know, it may survival of the fittest. It may be, ta- it may be taking over uh, from the Delta variant, just like Delta variant took over from the UK variant. So this is, this, this is, this is the way viruses work. So um, it's concerning, uh, but we have to deal with it. The, the one thing, of course, that we will want to know and every expert that I've heard talking on the radio over the weekend has said look it's going to take us a week or two at least to know this is does it make people sicker it'll take a while for us to know that It'll, it'll take months to know that because, you know, you'll need to have, like, it, it spreads. You'll have to have patients in the hospital, and then there's a period of 14 days from the, the hospital. Um, but, it, but, it, but there's no evidence. I mean, that's always that's, that's theoretically a possibility. But I don't think any of the, the new strains of, of COVID have been remarkably more pathogenic. Mm. They just have be, be, they've just become progressively more infectious. You know, the first wave, one person would infect two. Now it seems like one person, you know, so contagious can infect 10 people, you know, so it just, it just is more infectious, which means it transmits more, which means we have to be even more care- careful in terms of our, you know, all of the pre- prevention strategies we have, we, we can't let our guard down. We have to double our guard rather than you know let it down, which we were starting to do back in the autumn with the promise that once we vaccinated 90% of the population, we'd be able to throw away all COVID prevention strategies. That was a, that was a bad message, and now with the new more infectious virus coming along, we have to up the ante in terms of COVID prevention. Yeah. What there is in South Africa is a very large population of young people and it would appear that most of the cases currently identified have been in younger people, which I suppose makes it very hard to gauge the effect it'll have on the elderly and the most vulnerable. Would you accept that? Well, no. These young people live with the elderly, and this is this. I mean, this is what's happened in Ireland. You know, over the over the autumn, all these young children were getting infected. Doesn't matter if they were getting infected in schools or infected in, in the community. They were going home, and they were infecting older people in the community in Dublin, who either hadn't been vaccinated or whose vaccines had worn off because you know some of them received the vaccine back in january february march so kids are a source of transmission if they're unvaccinated they're highly contagious they're they're circulating in the community and they're spreading the virus to those who are going to end up in the hospital so so i I think you have to take it seriously all levels it's you know that that you know that it's just not younger kids getting infected and there's nothing to be concerned about there's huge implications from a large population of young people spreading the virus on that question of young people and the virus professor 
quite a lot of commentary as well over the weekend of how, and I use the term with inverted commas around it, unfair it is to curtail children's activities for weeks to Christmas. Is it unfair or is it necessary? Well, well, I, I, I think since they're unvaccinated, I, you know, I, I think we have to do something. We can't just let kids go on school on buses, you know, uh, you know, uh, without masks. We can't let them just go around in, into you know public public settings without masks because they're the highest transmissible population at the present time. So, so we do have to take additional precautions. And I'm I'm not the one to say what those precautions are, but it's I do I do think we have to have an additional level of care to target populations who are you know who, who where, where the virus is taking off and and at the present time that is young children so i think we have to we have to think about what we can do uh without sacrificing you know human rights and uh, all, all you know and, and we do need to be fair but, but we do need to be safe professor in terms of like I'm sure that people like yourself are sick and tired of talking about COVID-19 now because there's a whole lot more to the study of infectious disease than just COVID-19. But maybe a, a general question. Do you know the way things change, Jack, every week, sometimes every day? We've new, we've a new discovery here. We've a new variant there. Is this the normal progression in your, in your area of expertise? Is this the normal progression of a new infectious disease? Yes, it is. It is. You know, I mean, we're all kind of learning as we go. So things do change on a weekly basis and everybody's going to make mistakes, you know, as far as that goes. So, so, so messages coming from government and the scientists are going to change week by weeks as we, you know, as we learn more things. Two years ago, um, you know, I thought that I was hoping that COVID-19 is an animal virus. Animal viruses don't like to live in humans. I was hoping it would just kind of die out over a period of a year as it passed through humans. It didn't like living in humans, but this virus, animal virus, uh, likes to live in humans, and it's actually becoming more infectious in humans. So, so that I, I, I was, I, I was surprised by this because this is not the natural history of, you know, zoonotic viruses, viruses that live in animals. They usually don't like living in humans. This one loves it, and it's going to continue. I think we're just going to have to accept the fact that this is going to be with us for a while. We're going to have to treat it like influenza. We're going to have to get booster vaccinations. Mm. And the government is going to have to be focusing on, let's find the next new booster vaccine that's going to give the best antibody levels and protects most broadly against not just the current but future variants. This is where we should be focusing on, you know, rather than lockdown. This, and this is the reality that for the, at least for the vulnerable, we're all getting called well, I've been called now for my booster, and I'm, I'm grateful to get it. But we're, we're going to be going for boosters at least annually for the next number of years to keep us safe. That's correct. And, and, and we also have to understand the message that when you go for your boosters, wear your mask as well, because vaccines don't work 100 percent. It's just part of the solution. We don't throw away the rest of the precautions. Um, which was the message that people people were being given that once you're vaccinated, you're 100% safe. No vaccine works like that in the, in the history of mankind. Flu doesn't work that way. COVID won't work that way. All right. Listen, always a pleasure to have you on the opinion line on Cork's 96 fan. Professor Jack Lambert from the UCD School of Medicine. Cork's 96 FM. Subtle results. Still you but with fewer lines. 
Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.